What's up, y'all? Welcome to the next episode. I hope you are all having a fantastic week. Thanks for joining in on the fun. If you're ready to start creating your own economy and taking back control of your life, start by going to attorneybydesign.com again, whether you're an attorney or not, and download the Freedom Blueprint and then jump on a call with me. Let me ask you this. Why do you think so many highly paid professionals are unhappy? We went to grad school. We landed the quote unquote job of our dreams. We make good money. We've accomplished a lot. But many of us still feel unhappy. And, and I'll make the argument that it's not necessarily the work. It's, it's the dependency on the work. It's feeling stuck. It's feeling like you're trapped and there's no viable way out. If somehow you were able to have your expenses paid, perhaps you could scale your hours back and work part-time, relieve some of that pressure, spend more time doing the things you like to do with the people you love doing them with. Maybe then the work wouldn't be as bad. The coworkers wouldn't be as annoying. And frankly, you'd probably be better at your damn job. Just know that there is a way, there is an escape from the feeling of being stuck. And no one is better than Megan Smiley at working through these issues and discovering what you need to live a happier, more fulfilled life. She's a Boston College law grad, recovering corporate attorney turned law school administrator, turned podcaster and lawyer coach, using illegal design to help lawyers get unstuck and find more fun, flow, and fulfillment in their lives. I like the sound of that. All right, let's jump in. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Megan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Oh, for sure. Super excited. Uh, let's just jump right in. Tell me what's your story. Feel free to take it back as far as you want to take it. Um, all right. Well, so um, I'll, you know, went to college. I had like sort of a background in French and international studies. So not sure what job that is. So obviously I was like, I guess I'll go to law school. <laughs> um <laughs> At which point my father, I come from a family of lawyers. My dad is a lawyer okay. and uh, he's like, can't you think of something more interesting to do? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> nope, nope, I can't. So it's going to be law school. So that was sort of the, you know, well thought out reasoning of why I, I went to law school in the first place. You know, I had a general sense that I would like it. And I mean, I liked law school well enough. Um, I'd say I got a sense right off the bat that I wasn't like, I was not a gunner. I was not like the person that's like, oh my gosh, like this is everything. And I'm just so into it. You know, like there's some people who <laughs> yeah. are, who are like that. Um, I studied abroad in law school. So I kind of was a little bit doing a different thing. Um, but ultimately like so many people like OCI comes around, you know, jobs that pay you a lot of money start getting, you know, to be options. And so when I graduated, I went and practiced corporate transactional law for, I did that for four years. Um, and it was fine. It wasn't like some hellish experience or anything, um, but it was also 
I mean, it was long hours and, and stressful. Sure. And I, I just, I guess I just kind of knew that it was not for me in, in the long run. Um, but then my, my big question was, okay, if not, I, the reason why I'm here is I couldn't think of something else. So now yeah. I also can't think of anything <laughs> <laughs> else. So I, you know, I did some exploring, talked to some people and came up with this idea that I'd known someone who'd gone back to work at a law school in career services. And I, I didn't want to do that, but I had this experience of studying abroad in law school and all that I like sort of things, all things international. And so I thought it was probable that law schools would have jobs in this field. Did I fully dig into it? Like maybe not, but I was like, yep, off back to school. Cause that's what we like school. Right. So I went and got a master's in, <laughs> Uh, higher ed administration. And I did, um, I did some networking during that year, which paid off. And when I came out of that, I ended up working, I was the director of international programs at a law school. And that was great for a while. Um, it was definitely a trade-off of, of money for time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Solid 50% pay cut on that one. Yeah. Uh, and moving to New York City. So that was like a double whammy. Um, right. But that's where the job was. Uh, so I kind of hung out there for a while, like catching my breath from everything I'd say. And it was a new experience and meeting interesting people and getting to travel a little bit. But then I got to this point where I, I realized, ooh, this is getting a little bit old too. And that's when I had like the real like, oh my God, what am I like, what? I thought I had figured this out. And so I had to go all the way back to the drawing board. And that's when I really started to sort of shift my mindset around what type of work was possible for me and started um, realizing like, I think I really like to create something. I really like to have a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy. And that's when I started exploring um, entrepreneurship in different forms and playing with it. Um, and I started an interior design business for a while, which was cool. Um, but then the pandemic hit things and I started my podcast, The Lawyer's Escape Pod. I was just doing that for fun. But what it did was morph into this business. Now I said, you know, this is actually what I love to do is, is talk with lawyers, help lawyers sort of make some of these transitions that I have made. So now I coach lawyers on sort of finding a, a better match career for them. Yeah. Uh, that's a crazy, that's a crazy story. I mean, I, I think. We, <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, here's my whole life story for yeah. you. I tried we, to go fast. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. It gives me a lot of ammo. Yeah. I, I think yeah. we, we share a lot of similar experiences. I mean, we, we love school, I guess. I went to, I went to med school first for about oh, a year and God. a half. Yeah. yeah. And then I dropped out of med school because I knew that wasn't for me. I was like, I hate this. I don't want to practice. And then, but I still had that W2 mindset, like, okay, well, if I can't be a doctor, what's the next best thing I can be? I guess right. I'll be a lawyer. So I went into yeah, law W2 school. and like a highly credentialed professional mindset. Yes. 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 Yeah. My, my parents really emphasized education and it was just like, okay, well, as long as I'm in school, I'm, I'm moving forward. And it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went to all schools. So I can, I can definitely relate with you there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not really having a passion for anything yet or not figuring it out yet. And you're right. just kind of got to keep moving forward. So that's what you did. And I also studied abroad uh, in, in law school. I studied in Barcelona. Where'd you study at? Oh, cool. I was in London. Oh, cool. Very oh, that's cool. cool. I think yeah. it says something. I have a theory about people who study abroad in law school, which is they tend to not stay on 
the tried and true legal path yeah. because that already indicates that you're a little left of center in terms of lawyers. Yeah. You're like, uh, I'm going to go study in yeah. Europe in, <laughs> instead of look for a summer, uh, summer yeah, associate yeah. job somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, let's rewind a little bit more. Tell me about, you know, your previous law practice and, and what did you love about it and, and what did you hate about it? Um, I'd say if I had to say I'd loved anything about it, it was it was my coworkers. I actually okay. really loved the people that I, I worked with by and large. I mean, of course, there's some people that aren't so great, but I am still friends and still see a lot of, you know, the friends that I made while while working there. And even like the managing partner who I did a lot of work with came to my wedding. So like the relationships I built there were yeah. very positive. Um, but I just didn't enjoy the work and I didn't enjoy the hours, but I think I, it, I could have survived that had I enjoyed the work, but I just fundamentally was not that interested in it. And I would look around and I always tell the story of this one partner came in. He's like, oh, Megan, like this new thing just came through the door. It's this like super sexy novel securities thing. And I was like, Okay, look, maybe that yeah. <laughs> gets you going. It does not get me going. Like this is not, I don't, all that sounds like is more work that I don't want to do. Right. <laughs> so I think it was just feeling very detached from the actual work that I was doing. That was what made me ultimately, ultimately know it was not for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, did you have kind of a, a singular inflection point where you were like, this is absolutely not for me. I've got to get out of this, what, whatever it is. Um. I don't think it was like that for me. I think there was part of it for me was that I was not surprised that I didn't like it from the get-go. I think some okay. people go and they they expect this to be it. And for some reason, um, maybe because I hadn't gone into law school with this idea that like I wanted to be like a big time lawyer. Um, I think it was easier for me to sort of wrap my head around the fact that maybe I didn't want to do this forever. So it was just kind of a slow burn of, this is fine. I'm in my twenties. I can kind of pull it together to pull these hours, but look, it was just systematically looking down the road at the part, you know, senior associates and partners and looking at the lives that they were leading and going, that's, that's not the track. And if anything, I think I just realized by four years in, I was like, I am at danger of getting stuck here if I stay any longer. I think that was kind of like the moment for me was realizing I'm fairly young, I'm single, I can go and I don't have to consult with a lot of people. I'm not, people aren't depending on me. And so I think I was like, I better, if I'm going to jump ship, I better jump ship now. Yeah. Yeah. And you alluded to it earlier about the financial implications. I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of attorneys aren't happy with where they are but they just can't leave. They have what we call the golden handcuffs. I mean, how were right, you able right. to kind of transition into administrative, taking a 50% pay cut and then eventually completely out of, you know, the legal practice? Yeah. I mean, the good news was I, I did not have the level of loans a lot of people had. So I was very lucky in that sense, but I also, I managed not to up my living expenses too, too much. So I managed to you know, put, put away quite a bit of, of money in those four years in terms of savings. So, and then I really, I adjusted it even farther down when I took that pay cut. You know, I always say when I moved to New York, I, I was in my early thirties and I was living like I was in my early twenties and I had 
two roommates and we lived in this apartment where you had a fake wall up to create a three bedroom <laughs> instead of a two bedroom. And so, I mean, that was humbling, right? <laughs> just like, I used to make a lot of money and look like an adult. And now I look like a total beginner again. Um, but I think it's being willing to make some of those lifestyle adjustments to, to allow yourself the freedom to do what it is that you want to do. Yeah. But that's yeah. a real issue. And I talk about this on my podcast a lot. There, there are also, there's so many resources out there that I wasn't aware of, or maybe they weren't as available to, to me as they are now, but there's so many people out there and specialists that can help you manage your loans, that can help you budget, that you can, you know, help you, you know, learn how to leverage your, your money into creating more of an nest egg for yourself. Um, you know, I think it's a question of not accepting your fate as just you're stuck period. Yeah, definitely. Did you, uh, did you have a, a mentor or a coach to kind of help you along the way? Not at that point. I was really okay. sort of just, um, I, I had this one friend and he had, we sort of were, you know, we understood each other in the sense that we both got into big law and then just were kind of like, mm. and he went back to school and he's the one that worked at the, at the, at a law school's. So I really, I sort of leaned on him and was used him as a model of where, what I was going to do from there. Um, but yeah, look, I look back and I think if I knew everything I knew now, then I would have probably gone about the process a bit differently. <laughs> um, it was more thoughtful than me going to law school, but only like a little bit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a coach now. So I assume that you would, yeah. you would recommend getting a coach or a mentor. I mean, I always say it myself. It's like, you know, they can accelerate whatever pathway that is. I mean, if you want to leave your, your job and start a business or you want to invest in real estate or, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you get someone that's doing what you want to do, it, it, it can just exponentially elevate and accelerate what your, your progress. Yeah. Speed it up. And I think also broaden your sense of what your options are. I think that's yeah. so big because I think particularly for lawyers, like we just said, you know, my, my, my reaction was to go back to school. I wouldn't recommend that. Because <laughs> um, it, it just, there's this sense that there are a handful of options, whether it's, you know, going and sort of doing a legal adjacent job in a company or going and working at a, a university law school like I did, um, you know, getting into government. I don't know all the things that if you like Google, what can lawyers do, you know, <laughs> these sort of things come up. But the truth is that there's so many, the list of things you could go on to do is endless. And the problem that we have is that we start by asking ourselves, okay, this is what I've done. What does it qualify me to do? And so then you're looking at a whole bunch of other things that you, if you don't like this, you're probably not going to like that. <laughs> And it's right. like, how can we get you to believe that you have more options than you think you have? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you do that with your coaching clients? I mean, how do you get them kind of over that hump and start thinking more about what they want to do rather than what they, what they can do? Yeah. So one of the things is I think people's inclination when they're like, I don't want to be here anymore. What am I going to do next is to hop on the job boards and look at, you know, jobs that seem like they might be relevant. For example, I, you know, was talking to someone and she works in labor law and she's like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. So I'm looking at HR jobs. Now that makes sense. 
you know, maybe, maybe that would be a good fit for her. But why we need to find out why you don't like doing labor law <laughs> and yeah. see if you, you, uh, you know, investigate what about HR you think would be a better fit. So if you just go there because that job makes sense, it's you're just taking the chance that it's not going to be a good fit. So what I always recommend is take a step back. Let's ask ourselves, what are you actually good at? Not your skills, but like, what are you naturally good at? Like, what do you bring to the table? Um, what do you like to do? Where do you find your flow? What kind of work does that happen? Also, really looking inside into what you enjoy, what your interests are. Also, even more 30,000 foot view is what kind of life do you, what is the structure of the life you want? So, you know, yeah. do you want to have a W-2 job? Are you considering the possibility that you might have a job that provides you a lot more flexibility, a lot more autonomy, um, or maybe stability is a really high value for you. And, and that is something that you want to keep doing. But you need to sort of set those parameters of what your vision is and what you're good at before you start really analyzing whether a certain route is going to be a good match for you. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of awesome points you made there. I mean, another way to put it is just eliminate what you don't like first. I mean, yeah. just think about what you don't want to do or what about this job you don't like. And then you can apply that to whatever position or opportunity comes up and say, well, I'm not going to like this either because it has similar right. qualities. Right. And, you know, and, and really look at your values and your goals and, and build backwards from there to kind of see what your, what your first step is going to be. Right. Exactly. And I do find that lawyers have a very easy time listing everything that they hate about their current job. <laughs> <laughs> that is an easy exercise, but then yeah. somehow they go out and pick out jobs that when they look at it, I'm like, this has 90% of the stuff you hate. <laughs> right. It's like, do you really think this is going to change? You're going yeah, to come back to me. Yeah, in a, but I get in like it because it's hard. We, we, you know, the way lawyers think and the way we've been trained is all very sort of logical, linear. There's sort of a way that we approach problem solving. Um, and I think we have to kind of approach it from a different angle, um, a less, a less, um, yeah, stringent model than, than we're used to dealing with. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get somewhere meaningfully different. Right, right. I mean, sometimes you can just get, yeah. you get stuck in that loop. I mean, like you said, they, yeah. what are you going to like about the next one? It's very similar to what you're already doing. You're going to hate it. You're going to come back to me in six months and say, oh, nothing's changed. Well, I told you that it's, you know, you got to think about these things uh, differently. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think okay. we're just kind of moving into like a different world where um, we were all told, like you said, your parents, like go go to school, get one of these like good jobs. That's the key to success and, and happiness. And I think a lot of us are just realizing that that whole construct doesn't, isn't paying off for us the way we expected it to. Yeah, for sure. I think there's, there's definitely a, an overall cultural mindset that, that's changing, or at least I think that it is, or maybe there's just more people like that that are I'm surrounding myself with, but it seems like the mindset is, is changing a little bit. Yeah. 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 I wonder that too. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, we're all changing, but then it's like, oh, I'm talking to people like you all the time. <laughs> yeah. You kind of get in the echo chamber yeah. and all you hear is what you, yeah. <laughs> the way that I you know, did. I know. Yeah. Um, you talk about this uh, concept of illegal design. What, what is that? Could you go into that yeah. a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit what I, I was just saying. It's, it's the idea of designing your life on purpose, sort of a 360 design of 
where does work fit into your life? Where does, you know, how, how many hours do you see yourself working? Where do you want to work? I think this has also become a really, I think people understand this question more after the pandemic where it said, do you want to work in an office five days a week? Or do you want to perhaps work from home for some portion of it? And really sort of, uh, you know, do you want to be available to go to all your kids baseball games or whatever it might be for you thinking about what is that life that you want to design for yourself and then how does the work that you'll enjoy fit into it and the idea to marry the illegal is we're gonna have to think differently than we think in our legal worlds we're gonna have to think broadly creatively we may come up against some ideas that we have that we think oh that's not realistic that's not pragmatic that, that is not a logical step from where I am. And we have to say, no, we're, we're, remember, we're thinking about this differently. So it's sort of designing your life with a new mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. When you talk to your clients, or do you, when do you think it's the best time to, to leave the profession? I mean, they're, they're probably at different stages, um, different, different, I guess, levels of happiness or unhappiness. I mean, when, when do you tell your clients it, it's time to, to make the change now rather than putting it off for later? Yeah. I mean, it's hard because it's such a personal, it's a personal thing. And I, you know, I was joking with you earlier. One of my questions is just, is, is your job right now so deeply <laughs> traumatic that we're at a triage stage where we just, you need to get out and do something where you can breathe? Because if you're at this place where you're like so high stress and like can't get through the day barely, there's no time, but I think more importantly, like emotional energy to put into this exploration in a meaningful way. So if that's where you are, I advise people like, even if it's just another legal job, if you go in house or something, just do something so that you have some space to breathe. Um, but otherwise, I think it's, it's, you know, I expected a lot of the people I work to be like sort of four or five pre pre partnership kind of being like, do I want to go that route or not? And I think that's a great place to do it. But I'm actually finding that I'm, I'm working with partners, you know, at that level who have gotten that far in and still realize, nope, it's, it's never too late. And this is the time I want to move. So I think there's no wrong time to make the move if it makes sense for you. I think, um, I think it's just important to make it a priority. Like if you feel like a move is right for you, um, sort of thinking about it, loosely, you know, every once in a while is probably not going to move you forward. I think the right time is when you have, you feel like you have the mental energy to really devote to the process. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it is, it's, it's a personal decision. It depends on, you know, your finances and yeah. who's depending on you and, you know, how happy you are. Um, so that, I think that's why it's great to have someone like yourself to, to kind of make you think about the right questions and, and kind of give you guidance along the way. Cause it's such a, a huge decision. Yeah. And you know, people's, people's roots will be different. Some people, you know, the exploration is, do I hate law or do I just hate doing law in this context? Should I try a different um, practice area? Um, and that is the answer for some people. And for some people, it's sort of just a safety blanket first, first hop. Um, and then they realize, oh, no, it was the whole law thing that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but some yeah. people just need, aren't, aren't ready to take the jump, like, 
10 steps. Um, and that's okay. You know, I think people, people are going to have different routes. And I always also say there's, it's all about just what is a good next step for you? The biggest like weight that you can carry is, okay, I have one more go at this and I better pick the absolute best thing because the next job I have is going to be the, the last thing I do and it has to be perfect again. And that's the mentality that kind of got us where we are to start with. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of, you know, taking a little pressure and accepting that like, this is probably going to be an ongoing journey. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're going to get a wave of new clients as we all start going back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm like, if I still worked at an office job, this would be the moment I would quit. <laughs> yeah. Personally, yeah. personally. Cause yeah. I just oh, for me, it wasn't the work so much as it was for you. It sounds like yeah. I didn't don't hate the work. I mean, I love real estate and I was a real estate attorney and yeah. I don't hate the work, but I definitely hated the office environment. I hated kind of having 50,000 bosses looking over my shoulder, like you know, me having to look busy if I'm not busy, like just things right. like that and having to talk to people and have, you know, conversations that are awkward and, you know, muted. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I hated yeah. that. Yeah. There were parts of the, you know, there was work, but I also hated sort of total lack of autonomy, like just not being yeah. in charge of your own life. That was problematic for me. Exactly. Exactly. Um, any other things that you do for your clients to kind of help them figure out what they want to do after their, after their escape to the uh, escape of the legal profession? I mean, it's really working through, I call it sort of your North star vision map to allow your, you know, building that, like, what do you want? I feel like lawyers forget to ask themselves, what do you actually want? Cause they're so deeply like, what can I execute? What can I, what can I get? It's like, what do you actually want? And I think probably the biggest thing I, I provide is space to explore. Um, so we do these exercises, we identify your sort of North star, we look at your strengths and your values. We, people do have like, you know, student debt is a real thing. Let's, let's talk about it and, and strategize about how you're gonna attack it. Um, and then we sort of experiment. I think there's something to be said to, to come at this from like both a scientific and kind of an entrepreneurial um, mindset of, look, this is an iterative process. So given all of this exploration we've done, what are some ideas that you have? Okay, let's play with those ideas. Let's, if it's a side hustle, let's, let's go do it. Like, don't just think about it, go do it. Um, if it's another job, really get out there and talk to people so you can properly assess whether your theory about whether it's a good fit is in fact a good fit. Um, and really helping people sort of take the steps towards their thoughts being turned into action and real progress. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, let's do one last golden nugget for our listeners right. before we jump into the freedom four. All right. Yeah. What, just a general gold nugget, I guess, especially right. given that most of our listeners are probably attorneys working yeah. tons of hours and they're thinking about maybe starting a side hustle or, you know, trying to figure out how they can buy back their time. I mean, what, yeah. what advice would you give them? I mean, I would just say really try to be open-minded about what is possible for you because we, we see a fairly narrow range of options, but if you get out of the bubble of the law and what the lawyers around you are doing and telling you, you're gonna find when you talk to people like you and me and other people that 
the world is your oyster. If you're willing to accept that your possibilities outweigh your limitations. Um, and I think sometimes lawyers want to argue with you that the limitations outweigh the <laughs> possibilities, but I would just invite people to like, try to come at this thought process from the reverse, just to try to come at it as assuming your possibilities outweigh those limitations. Yeah. Yeah. And going through kind of a, an exercise with you asking the right questions and letting them kind of expand their mind probably helps out a lot. Cause when you're super busy and you're billing tons of hours or, you know, you, you just don't have time to even think and you've got family, family yeah. matters to deal with. You don't have time to even think to yourself, you know, what, what makes me happy? What can I do to, to improve my life? Because you're just trying to kind of hold everything together, pay the bills and you don't yeah. really even become the person that you should be because you don't have time to be that person. You're <laughs> yeah. Well, the time thing is something we talk about too, because that, that if you, if you just accept you don't have the time, then where do you, where do you end up? Nowhere different, right? And so part of what I do work with people is, I call it sort of their growth operating system. How do you, how do you create more, more time? How do you carve out nuggets of time that are productive for you, whether it's to meditate or to network or to spend on your um, side hustle, um, setting boundaries at work. If you don't want that, I, people think I'm like blasphemous when I say this, but I'm like, <laughs> if you don't like that job and you don't want it, you don't have to do it at level 11. I'm not advocating being <laughs> bad at your job, but I'm just saying if someone says, hey, can you take on this new project? It is available to say no. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but right. it's about really having a, sort of a, a guide of where do you, where do you wanna go and what are you willing to do to get there? And there are ways to create some more time in your life if it's a high enough priority for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can create more time. I mean, we, we all yeah. have limited amounts and we think that we're just busy 24 hours a day, but if you make something important and put it at the top of the list, right. then you have time. You can make time. You can get up an hour earlier. You can stay up a little bit right. later, whatever it might right. be, whatever you got to do to get where you want to go ultimately. Yeah. And I think that's why it's helpful to start at this 30,000 foot view of really like, what do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel and tap into that because that's going to be your why. If you're yeah. if you're like, oh, I'm going to prioritize looking for some job that is, you know, two percent better than the one I'm in. Like that's not going to feel very motivating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to keep the big picture in mind and where yeah. what your end goal is, just so you stay motiv motivated. Because motivation yeah. comes and goes. So whenever you yeah. get it, ride it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the freedom four. All right, it's time for the freedom four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Meditate. Love it. Love it. What's yeah. one life hack or piece of technology you use to be your most productive self? Oh, hmm. Let's see. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's something really basic, just like my Google calendar. Like I just, yeah. I, I'm a big time blocker. And so just having it all in there, knowing what I'm supposed to do. So I don't question myself every minute about what I should be doing that minute. Not big cool. technology, but it's probably my answer. <laughs> yeah. What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom for themselves? I think it's um, what we were just talking about, learning how to, to set boundaries and around cl having clarified their priorities and set boundaries and so they can pursue those priorities. Love that. Uh, how has passive income or your escape from the law made your life better? Uh, 
in every possible way. I, <laughs> I um, have just moved to California from New York um, just because we wanted to. And I can now do that because I have extricated myself from sort of the nine to five system. And it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you loving California so far? Yes, I am. It's been a little weird because we came in November and it, it was like shut down for right. so much of the time. But now finally things are opening up and it's it's great. And, you know, having I love New York and I miss it a lot. But it's, it is a daily grind just to get around and everything here just feels light and easy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Megan, really appreciate you coming on today. We're going to listen to find out more about you. Um, so probably the best place to find me right now is on Instagram, just Megan Smiley ESQ. I'm on LinkedIn that way as well. Um, and you can also find me at Megan Smiley, uh, dot com. I managed to get my own name.com, which I was pretty pleased about. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm updating the website right now and I'm actually, you can find the web website for the podcast, the lawyers escape pod com, but I'm going to be bringing those two together at megansmiley.com soon. So awesome. Those are the places to find me and All the right. podcasts on iTunes and everything. Of course. Of course. Yeah. All right, Megan, really appreciate you coming on today. All right. Thanks so much, Seth. Thanks. All right, Megan Smiley, a fellow San Diegan, so you know she knows what the good life is all about. Love her passion, love her platform. Go check out her podcast, The Lawyer's Escape Pod. Now, major key, being unhappy is not okay. Whether that stems from your job or your relationships or your financial situation, whatever it might be. So guess what? You, you've got to change it. Change it. You have the power to do it. If you want to step away from your practice or scale back, let's talk about the financial consequences. Let's talk about how we can start buying back your time. Reach out to me. Let's jump on a call, talk about your goals, and let's start building some alternative passive income streams together. I'll drop my call scheduling link in the show notes. Until next time, kiddos, as always, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.